0: I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media podcast. My guest today is a 20-year music industry veteran and the new executive director of Women in Music Canada, So let's get into it with Robin Stewart. Thanks for coming on the pod. How are you today? It's Friday.
1: Yeah, I'm great. It's been a busy week, so thank you for having me on.
0: I mean, you guys are preparing a ton of press releases right now. It's a very exciting time. At the time this podcast comes out, all these announcements are going to be out there. Why don't we start there? What are you most excited about? Maybe a little bit about the organization and what you have coming.
1: Yeah, for sure. So Women in Music Canada has been around since 2014, um, it was started by a woman named Sam Slattery, who is just an amazing human, um, very versed in experience in the live space um, and the legal space, and, and uh, started Women in Music Canada as a passion and as a piece that really needed to be talked about and needed to um, be elevated. And we are a chapter of the um, broader global um, community of women in music, which is based out of New York. But... Um, In this past year, I've had the honor of starting to work with Sam and now taking over as the executive director uh, in August Um, and really just um, gaining more support to help us grow the, the initiatives we're doing. And this is very much a year of new projects and growth and just really exciting engagement.
0: So I've seen a ton of announcements surrounding International Women's Day this year, which is coming up on March 8th. Tell me about that.
1: Okay, so we're going to celebrate International Women's Day as a whole week. Um, we're going to be launching a six-part series of live um, workers' sessions that is uh, supported by uh, by Heritage to help address the, the lack of, of women in the live space, in production, in live sound. We reach from Nova Scotia right through to BC um, throughout the week, from the 5th to the 12th. Um, And then we're also on international, closer to International Women's Day. We're going to do live sessions also in Toronto. We'll do a full day of workshops on the 7th at the Universal Music Studio space, um, open free of charge to all, um, to members and other women in music and, and men, but um, primarily for women on that day um, based on our our programming. And then we'll also on the 8th, um, really excited to launch the, Women in Music Canada Honours Program, which is um, just a night of honouring and celebrating incredible folks um, across the country who are doing great things in music. Um, That's in industry as well as artistry. And we'll have that at the Opera House on the 8th, along with some incredible showcase performances by, um, by artists that are folks to watch for this year.
0: Tell me about some of the artists.
1: Absolutely. I'm so excited. We've got just this this incredibly diverse and and exciting lineup. We'll have um, DJ Lillian Chalela playing. Um, We'll have Sasha, um, incredible um, country artist. And we have Tia Wood, who if you don't know her name, look it up. She's got an Indigenous artist from Alberta who's just finishing up her first album, but is just an incredible story and uh, and, and wonderful artist from Alberta Nations. And then we have um, Desiree Dawson um, from BC, who's actually one of our Key Change artists this year, our UK Gender Balance Initiative. And she is just this this voice um, that you, you'll never forget. I saw her play this year in, in the lobby during Breakout West and blew everyone away, and I just had to have her on this lineup as well.
0: Do you mind telling me a little more about that UK-based program?
1: Yeah, of course. So um, Key Change is a UK-based gender balance equity initiative that was started in 2018. And for the last three years, this being the third year, they've had a a formal program of participants um, in various UK countries as well as Canada, and with the support of Factor and SoCan Foundation, the Canadian contingent ha- puts four artists and four industry into this program, which helps these folks to engage with uh, globally uh, a gr- great group of, of women in developing roles. Wow! Um, and uh, and they each participated in an international festival throughout the year and in mentorship sessions and in um, workshops with each other and training, training programs and meetups. And they just have this great year of uh, of programming to help elevate their careers.
0: Wow. Like a lot of the programs here in Canada, they definitely have a mentorship aspect and workshop aspect, but to have it international, that's very cool.
1: Yeah, it's really unique and it's through a whole year. So it just, it, it actually, the first year they were doing the full component of participants was when COVID hit. And so, um, you know, really unfortunate for a lot of those artists, we did extend that program for two years um, but uh, but found all the benefits and and um, great stuff that also went along with online. So I think it really made their program robust for in person and online. And just a shout out to Breakout West and Mutech, who are the two Canadian festival partners and, and host artists from this program each year.
0: Very cool. So you also sort of came into your new role as executive director. Um, that transition happened throughout the pandemic, correct?
1: <laughs> it did. Um, it did. I did uh, almost a year of, of two roles. Um, and then, uh, and then came into this one, um, full-time in, in August.
0: So now's where I want to learn a little more about you. Um, did you move? Are you still out West?
1: I'm still out West. Um, don't tell my funders, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, just kidding. They know I'm based in Winnipeg, so, you know, it is this, the geographic center of the country. Um, Yes, it's cold here, but no, I'm based in Winnipeg, <laughs> and and uh, this is where my family is. And I I uh, used to run the Western Canadian Music Alliance, um, so I was out west, and I I'm really committed to making sure that that Women in Music Canada is truly coast to coast to coast. That we are supporting women across the whole country, and you know Toronto will definitely be the host of a lot of our in person events um, because. It's not a secret that the bulk of of our industry is based there, our our industry companies, Um, but there's such great talent across the whole country in industry and artistry. And I want to make sure that people don't feel that they have to move to Toronto or to Vancouver, et cetera, um, to succeed. And we want to support them wherever they
0: are. I feel like that's a topic that can be somewhat controversial at times for artists across this country. So I love that you're committed to that. Um, 20 years in the industry, where did you start? Where did your love for music begin?
1: Well, I actually started in theater, um, stage managing. <laughs> and nice. I think that's, you know, that's where I really used my uh, my um, degree in psychology um, <laughs> and working with a Whoa. lot of voices. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of different people that you end up working with in touring theater shows. Um, but that aside, you know, jokes aside, it was, it was just a, a great intro into culture. I've always been in, involved in culture and dance and music. And, um, and I was honestly just, um, stepped into music, working with Prairie Music Week, um, way back because one of my professors and mentors, um, was on their board and asked me to come help them for a bit in a transition time and, uh, you know, maybe unfortunate for them, but I never left. So, um, (laughs) I just grew from there up to, uh, some different roles. And I, I've been in, in different ways involved with that organization, um, which which moved into being Western Canadian Music Alliance for about twenty years, um but in that time, I also uh, did a lot of work in talent buying. I was talent buyer for the Olympics in twenty ten um oh along shoot with my partner um at the time and uh and I did the talent buying for um Pan Am games in Toronto a couple of years ago um and a few other roles like that in in the mix, and uh, I just love giving opportunities to artists so honestly working on the Olympics was such a dream because we got these budgets to hire talent from all different, um, provinces and territories and, and showcase them for the world. And it was just the the best thing ever. Um, so then I, I moved back into, um, into, uh, Western Canadian Music Alliance as the director in 2014 and, uh, and moved them in, in some new directions and, and got through some really interesting years together and and, uh, and moved over from that team uh, this year.
0: Anyone in the music industry will tell you this pandemic's not over, um, yes. although <laughs> many, many people are discussing it as if it's in the past. Um, what do you find is your sort of biggest opportunity to improve for people working in music in Canada who are women innovators and change makers and creators.
1: Biggest opportunity. I think, you know, I think the fact that we're talking about um, the areas that are underserved right now is a real opportunity. And I think that um, working together with, with organizations like advance, like the international indigenous summit um, that together we have a real opportunity to make sure that we're talking about more than one um, group that's underserved at a uh, together
0: that yes. we can
1: share resources and work together to help move the needle forward. Um, I, I see that uh, collaboration side as a really great opportunity, and I think that uh, my colleagues in those event, those organizations feel the same way. Um, I also think that there's an opportunity to learn from each other more, that um, I, I, I truly believe that during COVID it was really great to pick up the phone or Zoom with people you knew. Um, but what was missing in that time was meeting new people and bringing new people into your circle that you didn't know. And I think as we move out of this time, and you're right, it's not over. There's definitely struggle. Um, but uh, but I think that making sure that we're connecting folks in through mentorship opportunities and through um, right from junior right up to senior executive level positions and building this pipeline where new individuals coming into the industry or in those in more junior roles see this as long term for them that we're not setting up an equitable industry for today we're setting it up for for long term and to sustain itself on its own that we're not you know my goal is that in ten years this this job isn't needed
0: called out as like women in music or women in media, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred
1: percent. Because you know we're we're certainly talking about it a lot in in the entertainment industry, but we're not the first to talk about this. When you look at big bank companies and and um, financial institutions, they've been talking about diversity for many years longer than us. They've been. There, there's different sectors that are really um, ahead of us and there's others that are behind. And I think that also country to country is different and we have a lot of work to do. Um, but I just think, you know, I think it's, it's not a secret and, and many studies have shown that if we think about equity right from the top level down and diversity and inclusion, that we're, we're going to not only improve the, the lives of the people working in our company, but your companies are going to do better that everything improves when we, when we work together, that there's so many skills that are um, set in each individual that you bring the right team together and it's just going to work better long-term.
0: What's something surprising you've maybe picked up from one of those more international contacts or conversations um, that made you think differently about how we're doing things in Canada?
1: Okay, I think that would probably be, I'm, I'm on the um, committee for She Said So Parenthood, Um, and I think that's where I've had the most, um, learning as well as shock. Um, we had, uh, it's a committee made up of people from, I'm the only Canadian on that committee, but there's, it's made up of folks from Sweden, from, um, Spain, Italy, uh, South Africa, UK. And it was really interesting in the early days of talking with that committee that, um, the experiences that people had had in their countries and the things that are still going on. So, there was an artist, for example, on that um, on that committee. There still is, um, who is a parent, and when she became um, pregnant for the first time, she hid it from folks. Um, that like were so many do, buying her like that were hiring her to be on their stages, and and she hid it as long as she possibly could because she truly felt, and I think she was probably right, that they would cancel her gig if they knew she was pregnant. And to me, it's like you know. I think maybe it's sheltered or something, but I I'm I feel like we're we're beyond that. And um, speaking with you know parents in Sweden and the the situations they have and the the opportunities they have versus Canada versus Italy versus South Africa, it's so varied. And I think that we have a real opportunity, um, especially within companies that are global, to try and set best scenarios for people regardless of what our government. Requires us to do. I think that um, if we look at the different barriers, and and parenthood is just one of them that's particularly close to me as a parent. But there's lots of barriers for women in music national uh, internationally. Um, but if we look at those those barriers and help as a as a company to um, protect from those and to to make your company more appealing to have um, women in all levels of of um, management in your company then you know we don't have to just provide what the government requires you don't have to go okay you can get 2 weeks leave you can get 3 months leave just go okay actually this is what the best scenario is worldwide and we're going to offer that and um and then it allows us to really compete on the same playing field and to have people uh women specifically want to work in your company and Um, Gender diverse people want to work in your company.
0: Yeah, you just gave me an example, maybe on someone that was behind us internationally. What about someone who's way ahead?
1: Ahead. Oh, Um, well, I think you know. I think in a lot of ways, the UK is ahead. I think um, having initiatives like Key Change, like um, you know, we're launching our our Women in Music Canada honours. UK Music Week has been doing that for years. Billboard has been doing that for years.
0: said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with The Cash Kid Podcast. That's right. Find us at CashKidPodcast.com or listen in on places like Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, or YouTube. You sort of work for that part of the industry that can be very challenging and a slow crawl towards progress. How do you stay motivated? Uh, what lessons have you learned over the years that help you find hope?
1: There's been tough stuff. <laughs> I've had the pleasure of working with some incredible teams. I, um, you know, I've I've worked with incredible board of directors, and um, and so there's definitely been a lot of support. I um. I think that, you know, the toughest thing is being put into conversations where you're just flat out being yelled at um, and you know Ah. that if you weren't a woman, you wouldn't be in this situation. And, And that to me is what's so disheartening because you can work twice as hard as the person at the desk next to you who happens to be male and you still get the brunt of the anger. I haven't had that a single day. Since I started Amazing. working with this company, and even quite a bit um, within within WCMA, but you know, quite recently I was in a situation where I, you know, things became heated at a venue between an, uh, two artists' representatives, and one was was male and one was um, a, a, a younger female um, representative, and you know, there was yelling, and as soon as I walked in, it stopped, and I was told. I I said, well, they didn't yell at me. And I was told, well, they're not going to like you've been around, like they know who you are. They know. And and I felt, you know what? Um, Personally, I was glad (laughs) I wasn't yelled at. But what really bothered me is that that other person shouldn't be either. And I just, you know, as much as um, I'm late, I'm yes, a little later in my career. um, I, I don't want people coming in newly to fear that or to experience that. And I think that it doesn't matter what level you're at. If, if you, you know, if someone young in their career is really doing something that maybe could be done differently, we don't need to yell to say, (laughs) we can have a conversation, right? And I think that we need to just really support each other as, you know, as women, but as, but also allies and, um, you know, male allies and, and um, gender diverse folks, we need to really look at what is the actual situation? Let's step back from the current moment. And we work in an industry that is always going to have, um, you know, moments that need to be dealt with really quickly or, or things that become, we can become passionate about. I mean, it's, it's a passionate industry and that's good, but it also (laughs) means that we get really, you know, attached to things and attached to what we're doing. Emotionally attached. Exactly. And that's a good thing. I mean, I've, you know, I've had, moments with boards of directors where i feel so disheartened or um or or like held back on things and then i have to step back and i'm reminded by you know a lot of great colleagues over the time saying the only reason that these these individuals are addressing this so strongly is because they care and they care a lot and and then i have to remind myself right this isn't a bad thing that they're not agreeing with me. This isn't a bad thing that they're, yeah. you know, holding something back. It's, it's, you know, think about where where it's coming from, and and I think we all need to do that at times. And it's it's really easy to get upset, and I think that, you know, this is a big part of why our industry is rampant with mental health um, concerns because we're all we all love hard and feel really passionate about what we do, and that is great and also challenging.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. No kidding, right? So going back to you witnessing this other person being yelled at, how did you uh, deal with that situation? Did you step in?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, yeah. I, I stepped in and separated and just had a conversation with each one and did exactly that. Went, okay, this is what's going on. It's not an ideal situation. It It's happening though. So yeah. let's figure out something where neither of your clients loses let's figure out what our best case scenario is out of this unfortunate case um and and it really moved us forward to get through that night and then after the fact it was following up to talk to each and say you know Mm -hmm. let's let's figure out what actually happened here let's make sure that you both walk away with an experience that isn't crap right that isn't um that isn't gonna you know foil your your thoughts on the event as a whole or on the individual. And because at the end of the day, we're in a pretty small industry and, and you don't want to have to check someone off as someone you don't want to work with. You want to get through those. And so I, I really believe that difficult conversations need to just be head handled head on. And, (laughs) you know, I, I love, um, you know, the, the learning I've had over the years. Um, This actually comes from my stage management years. One of the first people I worked with when I was apprenticing said to me, Um, you really need to listen more. And they were right. (laughs) And because at the time I was very like, we should do this. And we should, and I think I jumped in and I didn't sit back and listen and consider and, and give, give information that space. And I feel like I learned so much more with my mouth shut than my mouth open. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's, I've, I've remembered that, and that was easily easily twenty five years ago that I was told that. But um, I try to just you know hear what's going on because otherwise you don't have all the information, and and I think that we can learn from each other every day.
0: It's come up a lot recently, even on this podcast, in listening. Um, because that's such a, an interview skill too, right? Like in order to have a great conversation with someone, you need to he- be hearing them. You can't just like have, okay, I've got my five interview questions and the five things I need to accomplish today. It's the same when, when you're talking about like sitting at a board even, right? There's an agenda, but we need to hear people out in order to move forward and make decisions together.
1: 100%, yeah.
0: Coming back to International Women's Day and all the firsts um, that are coming to me, International Women's Day over the last, let's say, three four years, has become something on the calendar for even like a company who wasn't thinking about it and doesn't do a lot of investing in their women throughout the year. How do we make longer lasting changes past that week, past that month, past that day?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I, I think it's I think it's nice to have that time when you're thinking about it because it's hard to think to look to celebrate year round, but um I think it's really just about um you know setting setting standards that we that we go by and making sure that our teams are are mixed that we are you know and if and where they aren't because I know a lot of us work in very small companies so it might be one one male two males get it it's a small company right. I get it but let's look at how we can how we can engage voices that are mixed throughout so, the year exactly so I mean we're one you know right now I'm I'm the only person in, um, full-time staff here. I am a white woman. I have that experience, but I don't have the experience of a trans individual. I don't have the experience of a BIPOC individual, an indigenous artist, a black person. And so I constantly seek out um, advice and thoughts and, and connect with our board, which is diverse with, with um, colleagues in the industry and, just keep conversations going and check in um, because I can't possibly have every experience as one person. Um, You know, fingers crossed, we're going to grow. And (laughs) and then we can have those, those folks on, on team. But, you know, I, you know, when I get the opportunity, like with the, the events coming in March to hire some support staff, I'm going, okay, who has a very different experience than me? That's who I want. Um, So that we can, you know, we can have those compensation going to folks who can really make sure that we're checking ourselves and that we're looking at what we can do. So, um, so I think that's definitely it is just, you know, starting right from from the makeup of your company. Um, But this is also maybe a good time to throw in some of the other things we're doing through the year that are that are helping with this. Yes,
0: please. Yes. Um,
1: So we have um, a program I took over as when I started. Um, that was running super well is our Entrepreneur Accelerator Program. So looking at folks from um, just stepping into entrepreneurial um, um, activities or early in their careers um, in music and helping train them in um, how to start your business, branding, financial, et cetera. Um, And that's a program that's run um, with support of City of Toronto and um, TD in the past, and Factor, and Ontario Creates, and Creative BC.
0: Typically, when do applications open for that?
1: So applications are closed for this one, but we're going to run it again in the fall. Um, so applications will open uh, May, June. We'll keep um, we'll keep that in, t- in our newsletter and our uh, socials posts and on our site, so make sure to get on that so you get it right away. But um, we will run it again in the fall. And then we are also launching... A new program. Um, that's more information coming soon, but it'll be focusing on um, executive level management and and cool. looking at the other end of the the career path um, to to solve the issue of having a, a lack of women in senior level roles, um, so that people coming into the industry really see it as a as a lifelong career for them. Um, and then in the middle, working yeah. with with partners. Um, you know, a lot of the music industry associations across the country and our chapters are doing great programming and we want to support and elevate what they're doing um, that really to a great extent um, handles that mid-level um, career so that we really are supporting that full pipeline and building uh, a legacy for for equity.
0: Now, before I ask you to nominate a few women to come on this podcast, which is how I like to end it, um, just because you work so closely with so many brilliant people, tell me a story that's really stuck out to you lately that reminds you why you love what you do?
1: Um, You know what? Honestly, one of the things that that I'm really excited about this is the amount of uptake we're having on things we're putting out. Um, We had uh, almost 150 applicants to our Entrepreneur Accelerator program, and I read every one of their applications because, to me, even if they're not getting into the program this year because we can only do so many. They were sharing with us what they wanted, what their goals were, what they wanted in their, in support, what we could do. And I took a half day and just read everything. And that was just the most inspiring day because it, it, first of all, I ended the day with my head swimming of all the things we need to do (laughs) as Um, an
0: organization. Yeah.
1: yeah, And it was, it was just such an, it was like, I couldn't ask for better research, um, But just, you know, the fact that I then, you know, I felt really bad having to reach back to the folks who didn't make it, but, um, a lot of them came back to, you know, I gave a lot of ideas like, this is what else we're doing. This is when we're going to open submissions next year and et cetera. Um, it it was really rewarding that, that some of those folks also reached back to me and said, thanks for letting me know and for giving this advice or this information. Um, I'm just so honored every day to work with people who genuinely just want to get along. (laughs) That seems that seems a bit Sesame Street, but like we can we have the opportunity in this industry to build our perfect job if we feel really passionate about music. Like we don't want to work with people that stress us out every day. So like, why bother? Right? <laughs> like it's and okay, I'll give you an before I finish, a I'll give you a really specific one. Um, it, I uh, my last Breakout West um, event was in October um, in Calgary and we honored, um, Vivek Shraya, um, with a key change award. And it was something that key change said, you, you get to pick someone who's really doing great things in terms of gender equity, um, initiatives and, uh, and pushing the needle and, and helping. And I was, I've been so, um, interested in, in her career and her path and, and, knowledge for so long and it was just really a really massive honor to be able to present that and um and after we did she did this amazing speech um 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 in recognition and then afterwards i went to just thank her and and she said i've never been honored for my music side and and this means so much and I teared and my colleague who was, had known, known Vivek a lot longer than me, and used to manage her, also got emotional. And it was just such an incredible moment um, because I think that there's just so many voices that are doing such stunning work that don't get highlighted. And, um, and if I can, you know, one by one highlight them, that's what I want to do. I
0: love it. I would like you to nominate some women that you think have incredible stories to share about women in media.
1: Okay. Um, actually, since we just had the story, I w- I would like to nominate Vivek Shraya. Um, okay. I think uh, you know Vivek's work. She's a writer as well. Um, she is definitely a woman in media and someone that um, I think has just incredible things to share. Um, I also want to nominate uh, Mary Lore, who's um, uh, with Mutech um, and one of the key change partners, and. Also, just an incredible person to know, and and some great work they're doing in Montreal. Is there
0: anyone internationally International. that you can think of?
1: Absolutely, uh, Ferial from TuneCore. She recently sent me um, information about her career, and I watched it and was just so inspired. And she's out of New York. Um, her teammate um, Sarah Wilson is also incredible out of out of UK, but they just have such a great team and really incredible work with with tune 4 in starting different chapters um and and their work in different countries and um yeah just a wonderful voice
0: i don't even know where to start i'm excited about all these people (laughs) (laughs) so thank you um pleasure to spend a little bit of time with you hearing a little bit about your career and about the work you're doing with uh, women in music canada and uh i hope to talk to you again about you know helping out with the organization at some point
1: Excellent. Thank
0: you, Sarah. If you're looking for more information on workshops, networking opportunities, or the inaugural Women in Music Canada Honors where the 2023 recipients will be recognized, I'll link it directly in the show notes for this episode or you can find more information at womeninmedia.ca. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network.